Hi, this is Jessie Chu. And Quinn Nguyen, co-founders of Paper Talk. Welcome to season four. We're here to share paper flower journeys, engage with makers and artists, support small creative businesses, and chat about our obsessions. Follow along as we give a voice to and nurture a community of paper florists from around the world. We are so grateful that you're here. Make sure to hit subscribe and consider supporting us by writing a review. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. As you know, this season, we're trying to focus on sharing ideas about how to create different income streams. How do we leverage our art so we can make more money and spend less time? Yeah, um, who does want more money? Right? <laughs> I mean, that's the ultimate dream, right? So Quinn and I, I think today we're going to talk about how to sell your art. We're artists. We make paper flowers. So how do we sell our paper flowers? And there's multiple ways. And so this particular episode, we're going to focus on physical products. That means your paper flowers, your paper flower kits, paper flower, pretty much calendars or cards or anything that you can physically hold in your hand. And next time when you meet with us for over coffee, we're going to focus on digital products. And what does digital product means? Online courses. And there's so many different ways that you can sell online pieces. And we're going to deep dive more on that. And there's so much to talk about. And so let's talk about physical products. Jesse. What do you sell physically? <laughs> well, I sell paper flowers, obviously. <laughs> and in the past, I've also sold gift wrap. And I think that's actually a conversation we should have in a later date too, but physical products that I can ship out. So I do sell that. Since we're talking about it in this particular episode, I do want to point out that I only sell through commissions. So when people approach me and say, I want to buy something from you, that's when I talk to them about it and I make everything to order. And I don't know about you guys, but a lot of us probably started out that way. <laughs> Our We started yes. making paper flowers, sharing it, and then friends and families approach us to buy from us. And then that's how it starts. That's how these commissions start. That really, that easy. But it also means that my time and my creative time really is dictated by someone else. It's really dictated by my customers when they need the product. What is their timeline? Is it short? Is it a long timeline frame? How many people want my product at the same time? And what do they want specifically? Like, do they want it in a certain color? Do they want certain flowers? Do they want certain themes, certain mood? So a lot of it is dictated by my customer and not necessarily me. So that is one way of selling your paper flowers where you literally are selling your service. And I should say, we had talked in the past, we had talked about creative businesses, right? And how creative businesses are not necessarily selling a product, you're selling an experience. And then at the end, it's a product. So that's what commissioning is to me, is I really am selling the experience. In the end, there is a product, but in the whole, it's not me listing, but it's someone else in a way it is. It's like, I'm saying to people, Hey, yes. you know, contact me. I'll make whatever you want. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, they contact me and then we talk about it. And then throughout whatever timeline we, we create this magic between us. And then the end, I deliver a product to them and I ship it to them or they pick it up. So that's like a very A to B in terms of what a commission is. And so I do that mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, I really like that particular method. I think it fits my personal style. I know a lot of people when they sell it on Etsy, you have to pre-make items and then sell it. For a while I was on Etsy, I would display past flowers and say, hey, this is something that you might get, but I'll make it 
for you. And so it's not a stock that I always have on hand, but I would create it with, with the demand. And so that's one way that you can actually sell your physical product. So how do you take it beyond just creating paper flowers? And Jesse mentioned it before, selling cards, selling wrapping paper, selling tissue paper, selling your art in such a way that it's almost like, as I want to say Yang, when she talks about NFT, which is more on the digital part, mm-hmm. if you miss that conversation, reach out to Yang of Shanghai. Is it 1984? Yeah. Yeah. She has, she's so knowledgeable about that, but it's a whole different realm. And it's something that is trending right now, it's, which is very fascinating to me because it's so different from what I'm doing right now, but it's another way to bring in income. And one thing that we really want to talk about, which is not being talked a lot about in our industry right now is how do you bring in more income? And not only are we talking about selling things on Etsy, where you sell things physically and ship things out physically, but you can also carry that brick and mortar stores, like a a unique craft store that only sells art made by artists or crafters. And you can kind of curate that in a certainly an interesting way. I know in bigger cities, especially in Seattle, we have several different stores here that really features crafters and artists, and they'll bring in their products and they'll sell it in store where they'll buy it as a wholesale cost to you and they would sell it for you. And they're taking on the costs of marketing, bringing in sales, selling your product and having on the shelves. So that's another way that you can do that. Yeah. And I know that, um, you know, a lot of us also list things on Etsy or on your, on your own website and kind of like, oh, as we're making it, we share it on Instagram and we say, oh, it's now one of my listings, like check out my listings. I only have X amount available. And I think that's a really interesting conversation to have to segue into where we're not just listing things and saying, hey, I'll ship it, make it for you and ship it to you, but also talking about when, for how long it's available. Let's say, how long is this flower available? How many do you have in stock? Let's say I only have three. (laughs) And how do you share that information with your followers? Because I think there is something to be said where you're not just listing things as they come available. Some of that, I think it doesn't, to be honest, I don't think it. The man. Yeah. Like it doesn't create that urgency, that kind of Mm -hmm. elevation of your art in a way. And okay. And I have to preface this by saying that this is like a trend that's been happening the last couple of years. So this is not like, this is newer marketing techniques. It's not what has always been happening. So in the past, people literally make it, list it and tell people, Hey, you know, check it out, buy it. And which is great. Your followers might buy it, might not. But lately, in the last couple of years, there's been this really big push towards creating scarcity, creating a FOMO, (laughs) really, like FOMO, uh, creating this need for people to be like on it right away and buy it. And Quinn, you've been like, you're a fangirl (laughs) of Jeff Walker. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, because I know it's influenced a lot in terms of how you've approached your business. Mm Mm-hmm. You guys, if you don't have this book yet, you need to run out, order it off of Amazon, go to Barnes and Noble, get this copy in your hand. It's called Launch by Jeff Walker. You can get off Audible. So if you're going walking, you exercise every day, put this on your earbuds and listen to it. He, he sells such an amazing program. It's a book about how to launch your product digitally, in person. It doesn't really matter. He breaks it down to an easy step-by-step 
he talks about the idea behind how to launch your product from conceptions to something that you kind of think there's a need out there, but how do you create that need with your audience and make sure that your audience is going to buy from you? So he talks about the pre-launch. Then he talks about steps leading up to the launch, what you need to do to create that scarcity, to create that anticipation So that way your audience is prime and ready to buy when you're ready to drop that sale. And then he talks about during the time of the sale, then he talks about how to, what you need to do after the sale. So you got to send out surveys. You need to talk to your customers, setting up expectations when you're setting up the sale versus what they actually get when they're actually inside your product. So important that expectations met on both sides. Otherwise you're going to get a bad review. He talks about how to go about getting reviews. It's such a good book, you guys. He just released his second edition out. You need to get that. It's really, really spectacular. So we've been following a little bit about it. <laughs> and we're doing awesome blossom. But before that, I want to explain a little bit about my own personal experience by buying things from other artists. And no, they're not using like Jeff Walker's like complete like A to Z <laughs> launch sequence, which is amazing, by the way. But something yes. similar where the, the idea is to create scarcity and it's really easy to create it because you're the one making it. <laughs> so what these artists will do, and I haven't seen it done with paper flower artists yet, but what these people, these artists would do, a lot of them are painters, ceramists. What they'll do is they, first of all, they collect you on the list, right? That's the most yes. important part, making sure that there's somebody on your newsletter list. These are your collectors who are interested in buying from you. And then what they do is when they have a launch, they'll do soft kind of, um, what do you call it? They'll they'll talk about it on Instagram. They'll talk about it on the newsletter. Oh, it's coming up. Just giving you hints. And then they'll say, you know what? I'm launching my collection on, I don't know, Monday. Launching it on Monday. And if you're on my list as a collector, you're going to have access to my new collection 30 minutes before everyone else. So if you're not on the list, get on the list. So that encourages people to get on your list. And then on the day of the launch, what happens is they'll send an email 30 minutes before, let's say the launch is supposed to be at 12 noon. They'll send out an email at 11.30 a.m. to the collectors on their list. And they'll give them a either first dibs by clicking on a call to action, like, hey, click on this and you'll get directly uh, sent to my shop. Or they'll be given like a password. Essentially, some sort of, is usually gated. So the shop is usually gated in some way. So we'll give you like a password. And uh, if you have this password, you can get through the gate into the shop and buy for the next 30 minutes before everyone else has access. So that in itself creates this kind of anticipation of this. Oh my God, I'm so special. <laughs> As the collector is like, oh my God, I'm so special. And also not only am I that special, oh my God, I only have 30 minutes to buy. <laughs> yes. Or else someone else is going to take that spot. And sometimes it's not a physical product. Sometimes they're just pre-orders. So it's mm-hmm. like, you need to buy your spot to, <laughs> for the pre-order, pre-order. So if you're on my list and as a person on my list, I'll make whatever you want or make whatever's in the listing. So as a collector though, it's like really enticing because you're like waiting for that newsletter to hit on that Monday and you're like, oh my God, I need to get in right away. And then when you get into the shop, that's where you have certain listings. And usually the listings are like if they're for pre-order, there's not a ton of listings. So there's probably mm-hmm. like, you know, six to 10. And they're, the listings will specify what exactly you're pre-ordering. And it'll also say like, you know, if you pre-order, it's going to take, I don't know, eight weeks. So there's the expectation. You know that it's going to be eight weeks and it's not going to be, oh, if I buy it, it's going to be sent to me right away. 
So anyways, after the half hour is over, then you've got your regular people come in. And a lot of times, most of the stuff is already sold out. And so if you're like a regular person who comes in, you're going to get on that list for the next collection launch. And these launches happen, depends on the artist. The artist often will make the decision. They might do seasonal. Maybe they'll do like every two months, every three months. But the the whole entire idea is to gain these really loyal followers who love your work, who will wait like every, I don't know, Saturday to hear about what you're talking about on your newsletter. And we'll wait for that email that says, oh, I'm, I'm launching. Here's your, ac- your special access to my shop. And you yourself create, can create that scarcity because you can say, oh, my collection is only going to be 50 spots. That's it. So 50 orders, no more. Um, if you miss out, you're going to have to wait for the next one. And so by creating that scarcity and then therefore also creating that demand, Some of these artists are able to be very successful doing this launch sequence over and over again. And I have to like preface this by saying like, it's not for everyone because that means you have to launch all the time. And a lot of times it is production work because Mm -hmm. that's, that's how you make money (laughs) numbers, right? How many can you sell out? How many spots can you sell out? But that said, like, it's, I I can see that it's very successful for some, some types of artists and for some some lifestyles as well. And I'd be like mm-hmm. super interested to see how it could be implemented in our industry, in the paper flower industry, because I totally think it could. Yeah, but I feel like before you can even go in that route, you have to understand who your followers are. Are they those type of people that will be willing to wait and buy at your command when you put a certain time sequence on it? Some customers, some followers, they're not that way. They refuse to be one of those FOMO people. So my question to you before you even start this, do you know who your customer is? Is it one of your avatars? If it is, fantastic. Try it out because it's going to work. And it's really like- And it doesn't hurt to try it out too, I would say. Yeah, It's not hurt to try it out. And I would say I am one of those people. I am a FOMO. I'm an Enneagram number seven. I love being right there in the spotlight, making sure that I get that. And there's one artist I cannot get on any of her <laughs> sales. I've tried my hardest. I've tried being there 10 minutes, five minutes on time, prime ready to click and buy. And there's always someone faster. I don't understand. I feel like my internet it's, is, it is like internet. slow. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I will tell you, this artist she embroiders pet portraits. And you know, I love my butter. She's my fur baby. And I want to have her in this embroidery because one of my other love is doing embroidery. And I, I know my talents. I can't do what she does. And that's the one reason why I want to buy from her because I know it's amazing. And if I could have it, my heart would be so happy. And <laughs> I just cannot get it. And every time you guys, when I miss that, cart where I think I got it. And there's been time where I've like, okay, I'm ready. I put on my credit card. I hit like purchase. And then sad news. <laughs> Why is my cart empty? <laughs> so yes, I am one of those FOMO people. It totally works for me, you guys. <laughs> you'd be surprised. I think if you, and I'm not like pushing this, I'm just making a suggestion that if you do mm-hmm. try to implement something like this, where you are creating their launches, their mini launches. So every launch, you have to obviously do some work. <laughs> a little bit time. Yes. You do some work to hype up your audience. 
And you don't have to offer that many spots. It could be, you could be doing commissions and be just like, hey, uh, the next three months, I only have five spots. It doesn't hurt to try it, but you'll be surprised who shows up. Because a lot of people who are actually like some of your ardent supporters are not necessarily the ones that speak up. They're the ones that silently will just buy because they love your work. I'm the type. I don't engage Mm -hmm. with the artist in any way, but I admire from a distance and I'm like, when it's there, I'm like, I'm going to buy. And so you don't know who's actually going to decide, you know what, this is the time to buy. And I'm not saying you have to do it this way. It's just something to consider because it's such a hot way of launching right now. I've seen some people very successful, like very, very successful with it. But like, if you think about it, seasonal, seasonal products that come up, Christmas is coming up. It's like perfect time to test it out because the wonderful thing about this launch idea or this technique is that, yeah, you give 30 minutes to your most ardent fans, but the rest of the time is to everyone else. So if let's say you don't have enough ardent fans, that's still okay because you're still you still have stuff in your shop. You're still launching. You're just saying, okay, here it is all at once, as opposed to like dripping the content, like dripping your products out, which kind of kind of then trains your audience to be like, well, I can always go back and buy another day. I mean, have you ever done that? Like you go to the gas and you're like, well, they always have sales. So I'm just going to wait for the next time. Or like apology. Yeah. What I wait for. Yeah. Right. So like, I think part of it is how you train your audience. Like if they know that, oh, every time you show a flower, oh, it's going to go in their shop, but it might not be that special. I'm not saying that it isn't, but it might not be that special. But if if you're doing like launches where, oh, Christmas time, this day I'm going to launch all my Christmas products, go and get it. That might be a little bit different. It gives somebody like a date to look forward to. And once they have that date ingrained, they're like, oh, you know, that's what I want to buy. But I mean, Quinn, you and I both know, like we've done launches. The days mm-hmm. that people buy are the first and the last. Always. So if you're always stuck in the middle, like you're going to have people trickling in, but you're, you might not meet the revenue goal that you're looking for, for this particular, you know, 10 piece collection. So I think it's worth a try. I know I haven't tried yeah. it personally because I don't have collections, which is it's on the back burner. It's on my list to do. Yes. <laughs> um, but I think it's a really great way to kind of switch it up and see, you know, what works. What works for your audience? Like Quinn was saying, like, do you know your audience? I don't know. You might not know them until you try different ways to kind of interact with them and see what bites. But I definitely think it's, yeah, like if it works for you, your lifestyle, I think it could definitely work. It might not. I don't know. Okay. I have a great tip for you guys. If you want to build anticipations and you don't know where to start and you're trying to build your email list, but you don't know how to put those emails out, there's a really great website called reallygoodemails.com. Go check it out. What it does is it curates all these salesy emails, but in a really wonderful way. They pick and choose the best one that actually has good SEOs, good returns, and they put it there and they share it with you. So you can actually read and break down all the nuances of how to write a really good email. So that's one way I used to, this is what I used to do. I would actually sign up for random good brands email, just so I can see what their email sequence is all about. So I would collect them and I would just send it to this random email that I just, I just know where all my newsletter go. And when I need that spark of inspiration, I just go and start reading it. But now I don't have to do that. So I don't have to, my (laughs) inbox is not like spammed out. So I just go to reallygoodemails.com and I type in a search of a particular type of cell that I want. 
it pulls up all the different emails and it's just right there. It's amazing. It's a gold mine, you guys. <laughs> I can totally imagine that. <laughs> um, loop and like, oh my God, that's a bad email. Delete, delete. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk briefly about season with Christmas coming up, seasonal launches? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've never done them before, but I do know that you are a big fan of Black Fridays and such. Yeah. Give us a few tips on doing launches based on special days. That's a really good one. So I would say I build up on other people anticipation of shopping. And in the United States, Black Friday is a huge buying day. And what I've done, I have, actually have two dates. I have one that's always on my birthday, July 26th. And the other big push I always do is Black Friday, which is the day after Thanksgiving where everyone goes shopping. So I've already built into my followers, like every year when I first started out, I would do giveaways. It was a nice, easy where people are like, oh, it's her birthday. She's going to do something really amazing. And I would do giveaways. And then slowly over the years, once I built up my followers, I actually switched over to a sale. Like I'm doing these limited mystery box that's only available on my birthday. On that day, if you buy it and I only have like 30 boxes. And the first year, you guys, I sold out within just a couple hours because I had built the anticipation. I had started teasing my followers and I already trained them to look for that particular day to come in. So that's what you want to do is train your audience. Start telling them this is expectation is a slow build out. But with our particular paper flower industry, they're not quick buyers, I've noticed. Because it's always for a special occasion that happens maybe once in their lifetime, like a wedding or a, you know the 40th birthday or a one-year anniversary. How do you train your audience to think to buy from you? So that ha- they, you have to do a lot of pre-planning mm-hmm. and a lot of forethought to make sure that when they're ready to click and buy, you're there to capture them. And they're on the lookout for you to offer that service. So that's really, really important. And you always want to make sure that your customer service is extremely on point, that you do follow up and you e- if they email you with questions, especially during launch time, you need to be available to be able to answer any questions. Otherwise, you're going to lose the sale. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that your Instagram DMs is available because a lot of times I don't see my people that I don't follow. I don't see their DMs. I have to purposely go and look. And it doesn't show up in my regular feed. And so I'm always make sure that my team is ready and available to answer any questions. I have all my FAQs already lined up, links ready to go, sales page ready to go. Um, those are the important things when you're ready to launch and after you train them, just make sure it's as easy as possible for them to buy. And make sure that if you do PayPal, it's already set up. If you use Stripe, credit card, whatever. Those are the important things like the logistic part. Because not only do you have to have your product lined up, but you have to have the system take care of those cells in place. You don't want it to be backlogged. You don't want your site to go crashing because <laughs> maybe maybe a really good thing is your site crashed because you had too many people there to buy, which is awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> but make sure it doesn't happen again. <laughs> yep. I suppose, yeah. I mean, I love how you're saying you have to you know, plan it out and think ahead. Because at the end of the day, let's say like you do sell like a hundred things, like how do you ship it out? Well, you got to think about that too, that back end. Like, do you have the time to ship things out? Do you have all of that in place 
Do you have all access to the boxes? And, you know, what is shipping like? Like, what is the expectation of your customer? Is it that the things will be shipped out within 24 hours of the purchase and arrive at their doorstep within a week? Or are you going to, like, make sure that you let them know, okay, it's going to take me a week to ship it out. But, like, the logistics, like you said, it's often not (laughs) the problem that you can't deliver. It's often the and deliver as in like you make the product and such. Often it's the back end stuff of whether you know if you have the resources or the time to let's say put all these kits together, put all these you know mystery boxes together, and then have them up and shipped by whenever or re- within a reasonable amount of time. So yeah, thinking ahead and like after the launch, like how do you meet? <laughs> how do you deliver on your promise? That's something else to think about. And I say this because like for example, the launch sequence that I that I was talking about, it's not for everyone as well, because you're going to have to ship like, I don't know how many packages all at the same time versus if all you do is you list your product, your paper flowers onto your Etsy or your website, whenever it's available, and then people buy at different times, you kind of have that space out where you can, okay, I can plan, okay, only Tuesdays, I ship things out, that's it. And you only have two things to ship out because only two people bought during that week versus you know, 50 boxes, you're going to have to find the time, the place, the space for all of that and the stuff. storage for all the, the store, all that stuff. So that's why I'm saying like, in a way, the launches like sequences, there's so many like really interesting ones out there right now, but they might not be for everyone because it might not fit into your lifestyle. Okay, you might hate shipping. Well, maybe you have to hire someone, but maybe you don't have the funds in yet until you actually ship things out. <laughs> so like, there's so many things to think about in terms of, okay, what works timing wise and and do you like to do launches? Some people hate it. Some people hate showing their faces. There's a lot of work that goes on the pre-launch and the stuff that goes to warming your audience. Do you like doing that stuff? Or is it stuff that you really don't want to do? So you yeah. guys, don't forget to test out your shipping. Take that box, sh- give it a good, good shake. Throw it across the room, throw it down the stairway. Then open it back up. Make sure that everything is not broken or... <laughs> In a crazy manner, because you never know, especially with holiday shipping, things get tumbled, get crushed, which we've seen. So do your due diligence. Make sure your packaging is on point. And when the customer opens it, it's going to be a magical surprise. I think that is the part where they come back again, because that first impression of them opening the box, because there's so many unboxing videos. So how do you create that experience for your client? So many things to think about when you're actually (laughs) making physical (laughs) products for somebody to open and buy and when, and so many things. Mm -hmm. I think we can go on forever talking about this topic. Yeah. But if you guys have any questions, please DM us or, you know, join our Facebook group or clubhouse and we can talk more about it, but join us next time. We're going to talk more about digital products and how to launch it as an online piece. Thank you for listening to this episode of Paper Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by our patrons, Elaine Lim, Maria Van White, Winnie McDowell, Jennifer Desplantes, Robin, Bonnie Slipper, Laura Wheelie, Martha Tokas, Nina, Linda Drysdale, Lucinda, and Tina Proctor. We appreciate your donation and we're excited to keep creating content for our paper flower community. If you're interested in supporting us, head on over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash paper talk and sign up as a patron. We would love to see you there.